get all this shit for a walk in the woods? The Blair Witch Hunt provides all amenities while you risk certain death and dismemberment. <laughs> Give it up. What's up with all this camera stuff? To record all occult phenomena that may manifest itself in the course of the tour. Damn. You're really running bullshit central here, aren't you? You know, if you don't believe in the Blair Witch, then why the hell did you bother to come? I thought the movie was cool. They thought they made a horror show. Not they stirred a curse deep down below. But they had built it began to feel. Forever now they must spin the wheel. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Tonight, Spin 20. Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2. Thank you, Wilter. Welcome to all the new folks out there, and a strong welcome back to our million. I'm your horror lover, Daniel, with me, horror hater, Nathan. I don't know you, Daniel. (laughs) Of course, our horror intern, Andrew. Hello. And our special horror guest, Brian. Brian, who is this guy? Andrew, tell us. Brian's this guy. I, I, I just pulled him in off the street, really. I don't... This is, he smells nice. I was asking for spare change, but then he was like, you want to go to a podcast? And I was like, all right, what the hell? (laughs) I would not be surprised, Andrew, if you picked up a vagabond on this special one-time privilege we've allowed you to bring your own guest. Uh, You mean vagrant. (laughs) Yeah, get it right, okay? (laughs) Either one. He could be a nomad, a street traveler, an urban vagabond. A a shouting philosopher with a box. (laughs) A roaming philosopher. And some rags. (laughs) A roaming philosopher. In his head, on the outside, just spewing obscenities at random passersby. There's a guy downtown named Revolution Man. That's what he does. Okay, it's called Tourette's. It's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's got a condition? (laughs) Yeah. The man's got a condition? That's right. I got a condition, so be prepared. Digital land. Okay, all right. Digital land. (laughs) Well, Thanks Brian, me, Daniel, I uh, am glad to be here. I'll do my best not to ruin this podcast for all your listeners. Yes, that is what we're all actually concerned about. Uh, we work very hard here. Keep this thing professional, tight. I'll do my best. <laughs> no, this will be fun. Relax, enjoy yourself. Uh, Brian, have you seen the original Blair Witch? I did. To be quite honest with you, this is going to go back way back because I'm old. I actually saw it in the theater. Me too. Dallas. Where? Dallas. What were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing in Texas? I got lost. I was roaming around, philosophizing, and then I ended up in Dallas. I was like, "What am I doing here? Might as well go see a movie." I was actually going to school there, but yeah, we went to go see Blair Witch Project in the theater. And I was actually going to ask you guys, what is your guys' rating on the first one? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, can I take the lead on this? Yeah, you take the lead. I think you've. I think you've. More than any of us have retroactively rated things. No, well, this would actually be the very first time that I've done that. Um, I have rewatched older movies and rated them. Uh, but this would be a zero if there ever was one. The original Blair Witch? Which, yeah. A zero? A zero. Wow, interesting. I, I'm not a big fan of the Blair Witch Project either, but I think I would go, I think I would go a plus one on that. It definitely achieves That's something. Crazy. 
<laughs> That's crazy. Just crazy talk. Based on the achievement alone, I would also go plus one. I agree. I mean, as far as the movie goes, it wasn't the greatest movie. It wasn't even scary. It was, yeah. But the fact that they, like, how much did they make that movie for? 30 grand. Yeah. And how much money did they make? Yeah. <laughs> like $100 million. The accomplishment and about how it impacted things afterwards. It's, there, there's more to the conversation than just the movie. Yeah. You shouldn't just, you know, haphazardly just throw around zeros all the time. <laughs> um, when they're deserved, that's what they get. Yeah, I well, watched the Blair Witch Project, the original, at the drive-in theater. Fine. And it, nighttime came, and all I saw was a gray screen. Yeah, I watched <laughs> was it, it too. Nothing. I didn't see anything. I, I watched heard it. it at the drive-through drive-in theater as well. Did you see it was anything? The, it was the second of a double feature. Yeah. The first was Nutty Professor. <laughs> I got Austin Powers. <laughs> it got it got my uh, it got my guard down. Yeah. And it was kind of I don't know. I got into it. I, I accepted the situation. I enjoyed being at the drive-in. Oh God. I think I liked it a lot when I first watched it, and then years later, I'll you know give it the old plus one and the and the punch to the shoulder. <laughs> what about you? No. Yeah, Pumpkinhead, though. Oh. Pumpkinhead's a big fat flaming zero. <laughs> oh, well, Pumpkinhead yeah. is fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, although I'll agree. <clears throat> a zero on uh, the Blair Witch. That seems a little hard. We all know that Andrew is an emotional raider. And what? <laughs> Are you saying I'm an emotional person? Do you just call him a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm supposed to bring the feminine perspective on these uh, when... Uh, Chelsea or Amanda's not around, but come on. Oh, it makes sense the way you lash out at things that offend you. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, when when, oh, Andrew, when something offends yeah. Andrew, he's all like, "You fucking poison That's that's him with his hands around Mad Max's neck. Yeah. Mm. Yes. 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 I agree. Yes. <laughs> you fucking One. The weird thing is, like, the first one was completely different from this one. Like getting, I was like, when we went to go watch this, I was like, I know there's a lot more money involved, but totally, totally different. Yeah, there's that. That is a big point that we need to make right away with this Blair Witch sequel is that it is not, it does not directly connect with the first story. It goes the meta route where it references the first movie in this movie as a thing that fictitiously exists in their fictitious universe. And then I was like, what? It was a movie that they all saw. I was like, this is crazy. Yes. This movie is about obsessed fans of the original Blair Witch Project movie. There's a a more recent franchise that took this exact same approach is the human centipede (laughs) where the first movie is like a horror schlock, you know, cult phenomenon. And the second one is this gritty, disturbing movie about this parking attendant who is obsessed with the original human centipede movie. So not, I never saw the sequel. This is in that fashion. It's not even found. It's not found footage. There's some fake documentary stuff going on in here, but it's not found footage. It's a straight through and through movie. But there's a lot of, I don't I know. Don't, I don't know if you could call this a straight through and through movie. <laughs> the way is they that, edited, I was like, what is going on? Are there two directors? This movie is weirdly complicated for <laughs> being a sequel to a film that was so incredibly simple. <laughs> A movie about running around in the woods and then stumbling upon a witch's house. And then to this, which is this elaborate, like, quasi-psychedelic trip out in this abandoned warehouse loft. Oh, man. Just from the intro itself, it was like, 
where are we? What's happening? Are we in the present, the past, the future? Who's going where? I was so confused. Yeah, so there was a lot that went into this. And let's mention Blair Witch Project came out in 1999. This sequel came out in 2000. They gunned this right out. So they were just trying to go off the success of the first one. They were like, we got to crank something out now, boys. Yeah, right now. Yeah, they, they, they cannot hold themselves back and make a good decision when these scenarios hit. We've seen it before. It happens a lot with horror movies because every once in a while one strikes gold and then every single producer that has a finger on it tries to tear it apart and make it again. And they definitely tried to do that with this one. And they found a director, Joe Berlinger, or Joe Berlinger. I think Berlinger? Berlinger? What do you guys think? Berlinger sounds, I think. I want to go with Berlinger. Let's go with Berlinger then. He's a documentarian, strictly. I think this movie and maybe one other in like a list of 40 were the only two feature films he's ever made. So they went and found him, and he, as a documentarian, is incredibly pretentious about the way he likes to film things. So he used every available type and uh, class of film and digital media and computer graphics and everything. He created this elaborate, to him anyway, psychological thriller. Uh, He used themes and tones. And the thing about this movie, and the reason that I got kind of excited when it popped up on the wheel, was that I was infatuated with this movie when I was a kid. I'm sorry, you, you were a kid in 2000? I was I was in high school. Okay. Daniel, wasn't there some tension between Artisan and uh, Mr. Berlinger? Oh, uh, between the final cut of this film? Yeah, during the filming. Yeah, like when they, uh, when they watched his version, they, they cut it up and reshot some scenes. That's what I meant when I was like, it feels like there are two directors, like especially the, the uh, interrogation. I don't know how much, are there like spoiler alerts? Like, I hope I've. No. Are we not allowed to delve like detail, like well, balls we kinda, deep? We kind of do a we kind of do a walkthrough. Yeah, we'll, so, yeah, we'll so we'll dance g- around things and get all vague at the beginning. Daniel acts all <laughs> hip and cool, and coy we, and shy, yeah. like a coquette, coquettish little high school. Yeah. Girl. He, he regales us with tales of when he was seventeen years old <laughs> and his fascination with ambiguous tone movies. Yeah, that's yeah. Let me continue on that because there's in this movie are all these hidden images. And weird things in the background, and there's there's a message too. You know, various scenes are letters and things that appear, and they make some sort of message. And this was ninety nine two thousand. It was two thousand two thousand one era actually, because this would have been on VHS, and the internet was there, but not super useful yet. And I was obsessed with just watching this movie and like pausing on scenes where there was lots of open space and trying to find things. I spent a lot of time with this movie. So I have a weird attachment for it, and I find this movie incredibly watchable. Are you talking about the first one, sorry, or the second one? Second one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just checking. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, sorry, I don't mean, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I, get like I shouldn't be so, I don't want it to come across judgmental or anything like that. It was just, a, I, we just watched it. Literally. Too late, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, that's a real me. Now, the, we just, when I just, I'd never seen it before. Just watched it tonight. And I was like, there's, as far as like filmmaking point of view, I was like, they didn't make it very clear at what time we were at. I was like, in the first, felt like five minutes, we went back to present, future, past. And then there were scenes that felt like there were two different directors and they were just the cutting of it. The editing, it just confused me. I was like, is this a flashback or what? I Yeah, this, this movie is weird and confusing and you're not alone in not liking this movie. This is 4.0. 
on IMDb. This is a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, what happened was at first I was like, this movie is making me angry. I hate this movie. I was like, they gave these people $15 million and this is what they did. And then like Nathan and I started getting to the point where it was just kind of fun with how bad it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know when we throw out our ratings. He's he's trained me on how to take people that don't like horror movies or don't like stupid movies and enjoy them. I used to not have that ability. And I think that's what young Daniel did. I think he enjoyed watching garbage <laughs> and and, uh, and laughing at it and, and, and embracing it because everybody else seemed so interested in the things that were good that no one was paying any attention Aww. to this other stuff over here. Oh, that's so let's, sweet. Let's give that a little stroke. That's accepting. Does anyone recognize anyone in this cast? Oh, yeah. There's, there's one notable here. Yeah. Dodd from Fargo. You talking about... Uh, Jeffrey Patterson from Burn Notice? Yeah. Yeah, he's currently in the new season of Fargo. He's, he's moved on to that one after six or seven years. I've never seen Burn Notice, but I know that he is the main guy from that show. Yeah, he's the only one I recognize, and checking up on them, eh, there's nothing else really notable to say about anyone else. They have somewhat successful careers. But uh, those, <laughs> those opening intros with the interview with the Burkittsville town folk... I knew I liked Jeff right away, even before I recognized him <laughs> mm-hmm. as being from other things. I felt drawn to Jeff. Yeah, Jeff is a good a good post to keep us stabilized in this in this mess of a film. And I will say too that as much as I hate Morty from Leprechaun Two, is that the one he's in? Um, as much as I hate Morty, is as much as I love Sheriff Cravens. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. man. No, I don't know why you would relate those two. To each other. Sheriff Craven was his own special kind of Texan in a Maryland kind of world. Oh, it was, he is a beautiful, beautiful character. Jeffrey and Sheriff Cravens together uh, really, really, really hold this movie in a special place for me. We'll take the course of this podcast and I will, uh, I'll, I think I maybe I can nudge you guys back across whatever line you decided you have already landed on. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Um, if I'm if I'm fully decided yet, it'll 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 take the podcast. Okay, so there's some push here. There's some push and pull. I like that. Woo me, woo me with your yeah, woo, words. Woo me, Daniel. Entertain me. Dance. Yeah. Regale. Let, <laughs> let yeah. us keep an open mind and. Uh... <laughs> book I of thought... Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Where was the book, by the way? The book is a reference to a diary that witches keep that they call the Book of Shadows. There is no actual Book of Shadows in this movie. Do you mean the Blair Witch Black Bible? Sure. I love movies where the title references something that you never ever see or hear. Daniel? Yes. The following is a fictionalized reenactment of events that occurred after the release of the Blair Witch Project. It is based on public records, local Maryland TV broadcasts, and hundreds of hours of taped interviews to protect the privacy of certain individuals. Some names have been changed. But which ones? Uh, Brian, can you please uh, repeat that in Swedish? Here we go. Oh, Flimin Bieger pa Ufgitter i Offentliga Arkiv. Oh, God. Pa Local TV San Nigar What did you just Ningar. say? What did you just say? The end, the wow. second end was very quiet. Okay. Oh. Daniel, you better move on. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. 
yeah, things have run amok. The town of Burkittsville, that is the highlighted town of the first Blair Witch Project movie, is now overrun by fans that saw that movie and have come out to try and find the witch themselves in the actual Burkittsville. That's where we start, but we also get that interlaced, a sort of like a documentary is taking place on how the town is being affected, all the locals are complaining a little bit, but they're also taking, they're really exploiting it too, they're selling patches of dirt. And just like that first movie took advantage of the internet, this second movie really, really wants the audience to know that it is hip and with it, this internet thing. This movie is wrought with references to email and the web and on the internet. And actually, now that you pointed out, Daniel, and maybe I appreciate it either more or less, I don't know, but a fictionalized reenactment. So, what? <laughs> so, none of it is true, but it's a reenactment. It's a fictionalized reenactment. Exactly. Again, removed. This is a universe within a universe within a universe. I'm so confused. And that's where we begin. Also, all of this is interlaced with some a character from the documentary being in a mental institution and drooling on himself and screaming around and running around in a circle. Yeah, it took a while for us to find out that uh, that wasn't the future. Oh, that it was the that past. Was the past, yeah. But we also get to meet uh, Sheriff Cravens, the <laughs> star of this film. Get out of these woods and go Uh, just a little taste of the finer tidbits that will come from him throughout this movie. Gold. Solid gold. Good old handlebar mustache, Sheriff. I like to articulate every goddamn syllable. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when he had that loudspeaker talking to all those people. I'm like, do you think really that many people showed up? <laughs> there's yeah, like actually, there's bull. like 15 people. <laughs> like You can't just talk normally to all 15 of them. Uh, but even beyond that, there's just this horde of gothic people with video cameras aimlessly pointing at things in the woods, and they have to scoop them out. Like, come on. I'm going to keep saying this throughout the entire podcast. One of the things that bothers me about this movie, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I co I'm constantly wondering where the money went. Like $15 million, I feel like, just some of the stuff. Like the cardboard sign in the background that says, Witch Store behind Joe. Or not behind Joe, sorry, behind Jeff. Mm -hmm. Everything just looks cheap. It's everything. They, they put it towards the twigs. I don't know where they put it. I think they. <laughs> Things are expensive. I think yeah. they just misappropriated resources. I think it was that factory that was the whole setting where they filmed most of it. It was like the lighting, the heating, the production uh, value in that place. I mean, for uh, yeah, that think, guy, he bought that place for a buck. Remember? I think there's a corrupt producer <laughs> going on here. It could That's have all gone to Leno and Conan O'Brien. No, they just, they just pulled those clips yeah. off TV. Those oh. are. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I think. Oh, tell us. Tell us where the money went, please. I'm. If I had to take a guess, after doing a little research on this film, I think the money went to music. Did you see those credits at the end? I was like, saw System of Down, Marilyn Manson. It was like all these people. I was like, I was thinking to myself. You guys were talking during the credits, and I was like, that's where some of the money must have gone. What are you trying to say? Is that like code for we weren't paying attention during the credits? Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I think I flat out said it. I don't think that's code. Just <laughs> a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Brian's picking up on yeah. I think this is the right route because they they licensed a lot of like big popular songs at the time to make one a soundtrack, and then they also had this movie originally scored as well. And I have both. 
and then missed like a zillion opportunities for product placement to help <laughs> infuse the movie with more money. Daniel, there's issues here. I know. They, I they had a shitty producer, a director that was a little bit too into the heavy metal nonsense that doesn't really make the movie or have an impact on it whatsoever. God damn it, I feel like I'm moving closer back to zero again. No, I like, aside from the new metal and a lot of some of the other poor choices of actual pop songs that they put on here, it's some of the score I actually like a lot. And they get close to hitting some moments in this movie. Close. The whole movie is has an amateur feel to it. And that makes sense after learning that he does only documentaries. So... This is his first, actually, first foray into fiction. I totally thought it was like a director's first time. That's exactly what I was thinking. And it is, technically. This is, uh, I'm surprised he never tried to do anything again after this, because I feel like with a little bit of manipulation, uh, me standing behind him with my arms crossed, I could have nudged him in the right direction. <laughs> Nathan was the one who pointed out, he was like, I think that they, if he had his own first cut, that it was from beginning to end, and they were like, this is way too... Studio executives were watching, and they're like, this is way too boring. We need to intercut scenes that'll jar people awake, or else they're going to fall asleep. I'm not, I'm not sure where you're going to start here, Daniel, but I would love to talk about the odd, uh, fucked-up hose in Jeff's nose and oh. <laughs> the crazy insane asylum stuff that they never explain. Why did he go to the? It was like a meter long, that hose. Yeah. It's like these flashbacks from this thing that happened to him that they just glance over and, like, is a part of his psyche in some sort of, supposed to be some sort of epic, dramatic way that never really plays into anything and doesn't really have an impact on anything. I don't understand, Daniel. Well, this isn't like at the witch store, and then all of a sudden, a year later, he's at the lunar, at the mental place, right? No, no, he's at the mental place before this. Oh, it was a year before this? Yeah, we got out, and then he started entrepreneuring <laughs> how did he what drove him crazy that's the part yeah, yeah. how did he get better it was weird that's the yeah we don't need to know like what got him into the insane asylum we just need to know that he came from one because this whole movie is about who's actually the crazy one and so we just need to know that he is also has a valid excuse for being crazy because we saw him in a few frames at the beginning of the film of him drooling on himself in an insane asylum that's really all that we need and that's all that they're going to give us i have no idea why he's in there there's some elaborate meaning behind this film. The pamphlet that is in the DVD case for this movie is a letter from the director sort of explaining himself. And wow, it's uh, a lot of I wanted to work with dichotomous themes and a lot of talk like that. But he does make a big point of saying that all those weird, violent, like stomach stabbings and things that are intercut into the movie, that's the studio. You know what's always beneficial is every time I have a DVD... Um, having the director explain themselves mm-hmm. why it sucks yep. to me um, yep. makes me so happy to buy those DVDs <laughs> and interested to watch them that, even more. That is a sick way to approach DVD commentaries. But I'm disconnected from Jeff's experience in the thing. I'm trying to express myself about it, and I don't know how. I know you're very panicked about Jeff's existence. It's can, can we settle down when he's out of the asylum and he's become an entrepreneur? He's become obsessed with the Blair Witch phenomena. He wants to take advantage of it and he has formed his own bizarre online store. So I was like, I know, man, and he was like, Yeah, man, I know. And then, and then we were like, like Man, yeah. So man. so and I say, I know, and they go, I know, man, and I go, I know. <laughs> That guy knows. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop being hung up about this. He was in an insane asylum. That's fine. Jeff, 
I'm with you. Let's move on. <laughs> right. Let's meet the other people that are going to be obsessed with the Blair Witch throughout this movie. Uh, who do we have here? We have Stephen and Tristan, the boring couple. Can we tell you a funny story? Yes. Uh, part of the way through this movie, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Intern, tell me who's every, who everybody's name is. <laughs> and while the intern was looking up their names on IMDb, they all started talking to each other, using each other's names back and forth repetitiously like over constantly. the next like, three minutes. Excessive. Blah, 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 Stephen. Oh, blah, 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 Tristan. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought about pulling clips like that a couple of different times while I was sitting down with this movie because there's there's some parts where they say their names like five times in two sentences. They really nail it home, which is great because I usually have to go to IMDb and try and figure out whatever weird encryption thing is going on when all their pictures are missing from their profiles. But instead, this one, I just caught them as I went along. I know, and they go, I know, man. And I go, I know. That's Whoa. that's that's gold right there, too. Quality. That, uh, that was the first part where I was like, I might be able to watch the rest of this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. You can, you can make it. You can make it through this one. I know, man. But can you pause it and examine things in the screen? You can do that, too. And then play and then pause and then examine and pull. That sounds like a lot of work. Things. Just digitize it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Da- yeah. Can yeah. We get, yeah. Can we get you to digitize it and blow it up just for play, us? Play it backwards Yeah. Uh, digitize. Sorry, we kind of jumped ahead. We just yeah. got to the tour guide part. Sorry. That's right. You apologize. I apologize Brian. for everything. But wait, who, who else? There's the boring couple. And then who else is with him? The, the witch. The obnoxious witch. Erica. Erica. We weren't sure because there was like a Wiccan and a witch, wasn't there? Well, there's Erica. Yeah, she's... And, there's, and then there's a goth. I wouldn't right. call her a witch. I thought she was supposed to be like Erica's mentor. I thought I caught that at one no. point. No, Kim is just a goth. Erica is like wants to be a witch. A good she's witch, the though. of the forest. Yeah, she's an earth, earth something. Earth child. Earth child. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you, you new it. guy. <laughs> FNG. And, and she's going to preach the whole rest of the movie about how poor of an image on witches the original Blair Witch movie was, or how ignorant the populace is about the good nature of real witches. Blah. <laughs> you don't like that? Oh. Witches evil, are they? Oh, Erica, the whole time. And she's one of the worst of the actors in that group as well. Oof. Yeah. Really? Oh, you liked her? You thought she did a good job? <laughs> the redhead? Who's the redhead? Yeah, that's Erica. That's Erica? The, that's I the thought one. she did a better job out of the people in the movie. Jesus Christ. Take her clothes off and you just <laughs> that's sh- all that happens. shut down, right? That's yep. all it yeah. takes. I'm like, takes. that's a great actress like Kate Winslet, or actor. Willing to get naked like, in oh, every movie. Man, yeah. Elizabeth Berkley got burned with showgirls. <laughs> yeah, she should have won an Academy Award for sure. Where she was the goddamn respect. nomination? And Gina yeah. Gershon in that? Oh, exceptional. Right? Respect. Oh. <laughs> but what was Kim's deal? Kim was a goth. Yeah, Kim's the goth. She's just dark and, you know, she likes to complain about shit and be jaded and dismissive. Yeah. Sounds like me in her, high school. Her eyeshadow is a little too thick, I think. Yeah. Steven is the uptight one. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, why are we why are we slowing down? Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, why are we why are we slowing down? That is how like an idiot reads a script. He sees like the W dash W dash W and he just phonetically pronounces it. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. News flash. <laughs> Uh, was there some news going to come after that flash? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, just something. That's just something Steven says. A lot of times throughout this movie, I feel like they're just reading the scripted words on a page and not really owning them, and it really kind of 
doesn't jive very well. Like, like, like there was no process. Like it was rushed. Another speaking to the $15 million, where did the money go situation (laughs) where just the lines don't seem naturally spoken and they don't do anything about it. They don't do reshoots. You can tell a lot of the times this was like a first shot type deal. Yeah. It does seem like there's a lot of first shots and it makes Jeff, uh, stand out that much more that he's the only one that's having any sort of fun with his character. That's true. Another thing I pointed out to Nathan uh, and Andrew a little bit is that on that tour, when they finally pick up the goth chick at the cemetery and then they go to the ruins, mm-hmm. right? That yep. Went? yep. And then there's that big tree there all of a sudden. It's kind of like, whoa, dude, there's like a tree here where it wasn't before. But moving on. <laughs> like, something, something totally out of place happens, but ah. That happens a lot in this. But there's yeah. a lot of moving on. It's we'll because get, I'll, uh, I'll try to point out those as much as like later. Or the uh, my, did you know about that? You know, <laughs> pentagram death circle. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, back in the 1800s, the blah de blue blah blah de blah blah blah. That's the history of that. Thank the you. Exposition was very natural. The, yeah, the exposition, <laughs> uh, according to the Curse of the Blair Witch companion documentary, yeah. mandatory viewing. Obviously, yeah. I did not do my research. You could probably find this also in the Blair Witch Black Bible. That would probably be showing up in there. Possibly, you, but why would you? Why would you when you can listen to the 100 Lunatics podcast presents Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2? Yeah, what was that with the colon? And then... Oh, it's necessary. Oh. Then you can also refer back to our coverage of the Blair Witch Project. Dun, dun, dun. Get all the other details that we're missing, but, you know it does cast a negative light on witches. They're just regular people. We still have to eat shit and die like the rest of you. Like the rest of you. Yeah, she's a witch. She separates, you know. Exactly. She separates herself. She's better than. Of course. I had an issue with how the words that she chose to stress and put pronunciation on. That's what, yeah, that was the bad acting. <laughs> yeah, where, where she says... They dragged her out into the woods and they tied her to a fucking tree and let her die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead of they dragged her out into the fucking woods and tied her to a tree to let her fucking die. That's how you should have said that line, bitch. Cut. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got the winners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> God damn it. I also feel, though, when they went out to that camp, you know, they got to the ruins finally, and they were like, we're setting up camp. What's the first thing we do? Let's get drunk and talk about sex, baby. That's a horror movie staple. Of course. But they're out in the woods now. This is the Blair Witch Hunt, this tour that Jeff is taking uh, Erica, Stephen, Kim, and Tristan on. And yeah, you're right. They get out to the ruins, like the witch's hut. Is that what that is? Like a stone, abandoned stone hut or the ring of a stone hut. There's a, gi- yeah. there's a giant tree there. Jeff notes that it shouldn't be there, but no, no one else knows that it should or shouldn't be there, which I think. Uh, it's called the Rustin Parr Ruins. <laughs> get it right, guys. Seriously. Christ. Wow. They're out there. They get drunk. There's a lot of, it looks like Erica is trying to seduce Jeff. There's a lot of talking into his face really close and straddling him. And Tristan apparently might have a drinking problem. Stephen, the stick in the mud, is like, I think you had a little too much to drink there. <laughs> I mentioned that earlier. Or she's like, you talked about this earlier. It's like she's obviously Which, drinking a lot. That's obviously a problem if they talked about it earlier. 
Tristan knows how to party. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the director is making fun of all these types of people because all of these characters are uh, kind of despicable. You've got Steven that's full of sh- full of himself and thinks he knows better than everybody because he's figured out the answers to everything and the, nothing supernatural or crazy can exist in the world. And if you even like tease the idea, he just considers you dumb. And then his girlfriend is boring, and they get into their boring, bickering arguments back and forth. And then when they make out, it feels gross. I feel dirty. And then Kim is the annoying goth girl that complains, and Erica is the full-of-herself witch that, you know, everything has meaning. And she's going to just condescend to anyone that's even, like, a businessy type of person. All these people are despicable, Jeff included. He's the only likable one because he's honest about how much he exploits everything. He's like, yeah, I fucking steal this shit. I sell it on eBay. I make these sticks for stupid people that want to buy them on the internet. He's the only one that's honest about it. Everyone else is lying and full of shit. Daniel, you're you're so right. Uh, all these characters are cliche. This movie is a piece of shit. Let's just uh, wish everybody a good night. Um... Thanks for coming out, listening to 100 Lunatics tonight. Blair Witch uh, too. www.100lunatics.com uh, at 100 Lunatics. Yeah, but Ooh. they're cliches on purpose. Oh. <laughs> that must make this like a plus three. No, we're not going to go crazy. We don't need to be extreme and emotional, Andrew. And, yeah, <laughs> but the intent behind this is obviously founded. Was that in the letter that the director wrote? It's like each one of these characters is a stereotypical <laughs> yeah. cliche. Yeah, did he persuade you with the... The DVD I can, see. I can see it in Andrew's face right now. He's he's firmly planting his feet in zero land, and he's going to be a little bitch. What are you talking about? The rest of the night. <laughs> I could be persuaded. I, I wish you could read this whole note to the viewer oh, from uh, from the director here. You should upload that letter. Have you have you read it, Andrew? No. Oh. Do you think I would actually buy this DVD? <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. I have the DVD, the soundtrack, and the score. <laughs> <laughs> Show That's off. not surprising. <laughs> Did you guys know that the symbols that are referred to as the witch's alphabet are actually Norse runic symbols known as the Elder Futhark? Of course I did. Did you the know Elder that that, that is Scandinavian? It is Scandinavian. It looks that way whenever they have to lift their shirts up later. Did totally. they uh, come through on a rainbow road? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to suggest that Daniel's uh, Norwegian origin makes him uh, more connected to the witch <laughs> alphabet. Oh, which could be an explanation as to why he has a connection to this movie. That's why I think speaks. so. By the way, after the tour, what happened after the tour guide? They all lost their, they don't remember that there's like unaccounted hours. Yeah, they black yeah, they out. out. That happens sometimes when you're drinking, yeah. But they all and black out together and they wake up in a weird <laughs> snowing of torn pages. Yeah. Yeah. At first I was like, that's some really bad fake snow. And then Nathan was like, no, it's ashes, man. <laughs> or is it ashes? It's just the and torn pages of that guy's work. Yeah, it is, it is his book that, that he's been back. writing. The idea is interesting. Like, where they take this movie is actually an interesting concept for there to be a group of people together and there to be a blackout that happens and there to be kind of like a, a vague mystery where you have to resolve what they did while they were while they lost time it's it's an interesting concept and i just i don't feel it was executed that well do you guys feel it was executed no No. oh this was executed on a firm level meanwhile the uh the the heavy metal director is like sprinkling little bits of uh you know tributes to horror movies throughout it that is supposed to matter to someone 
Yeah, I I read a lot of those little tributes, and I, they're in the movie if you care to look for them. But I wasn't really interested in any of that. It was more the well, you isolating when when you paused this as a young seventeen year old man. <laughs> When you paused this and were pointing out things and being fascinated by things, can you encapsulate that for us? Yeah, I wasn't looking around like, oh, there's a reference to the Evil Dead. I just wanted to know, like, how... There was many stages of which I was obsessed with this movie when I was a kid. One, I didn't understand the concept of making a sequel to a movie like The Blair Witch Project, so I was fascinated by the attempt in itself. And then when it was so bizarre and unlike the first one... That fascinated me too. And then when there were secret messages and like odd scenes that they had doctored, and they had, I was like, why did they put so much effort into this? <laughs> and, and for it to still be this, I was, th this thing is a weird, beautiful train wreck that I can't seem to stop looking at. I get that. I think I just get lost in the, in the motivation of it. So I'm kind of interested in, in why the director would be so engaged in whatever he was engaged in because it, it doesn't really feel like it comes across or is communicated very effectively what he's trying to convey. No, that's the messy part. That's the amateur part. There's too too many things going on at once. Mm. But if nothing else, you're right. This part does give you something to hold on to, a bizarre little mystery. They wake up, all of his work is torn up, all of their camera equipment is destroyed. They have no idea what happened over the last many hours. Are some of them bloodied? Oh no, there's the great scene... Of, oh my! Of Tristan having a dream about taking her miscarried fetus into the lake and pushing it underwater, and the little baby's foot pops up. Yeah, that was a nice scene. <sighs> I totally thought that was a doll, and then later I totally thought she died, and she died from menstruating. <laughs> Did not realize it was a miscarriage. I was like, "Oh, she's alive!" And she just miscarried. Okay. Yeah, we thought she was having like a bad, a bad period. No, she was miscarrying. That that dream was a foretelling of the miscarriage, and then her bleeding out of her vagina without should have should have yeah. they, should have triggered the like, the but... miscarriage part. And then the part earlier in the movie where Kim psychically uh, understands that Tristan is pregnant, she brings it up to her, and she mentions how her and Stephen are fighting about whether or not to keep it. Wow. Maybe that's the issue here because we're watching this scene in the background right now, and. I think there may be a disconnect between trying to convey what it's like to have that dream yourself, where maybe in the dream you don't really know what's going on until you submerge the towel with the baby in it, and you don't even know there's a baby in it until that little foot surfaces in the pool of blood. Yeah. And maybe he's trying too hard to convey the experience of being in the dream instead of conveying to your audience the fucked upness of that dream itself. Like, if she hadn't come around the corner with the towel under her arm, like she was about to go in and just take a dip and use it as a towel, like if she had come around the corner with holding it like it was a baby and walked into the water so that you're connecting that the fact that it's, that it's a baby right from the get-go. And then she's submerging the baby, and that has possibly a better effect on that scene than just her walking around the corner with the towel wedged up underneath her arm in the little plastic foot <laughs> yes daniel the, the foot yes yeah. <laughs> most of that 50 million dollars went you get what i'm saying though right like th there's a way to convey things to an audience and there's a way to try to portray it as though it's being experienced and i don't think that that's coming across until after the fact like oh oh it was a dream like no again that that's the amateur part i'm, I'm pretty sure the director is trying to make like 
what's real and what's a dream and what's a hallucination all seem like the same thing. And a better director would probably pull that off, maybe even to an amazing degree. But in this case, we just get this mess of who? What? Wait, did she just drown that baby and come around the tree and now the group is here and there's a dead baby in the lake? Or was she dreaming? Or, oh my god, I can't believe they're showing so much blood coming out of her pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that's kind of what happens to you while you watch this movie. You're you're kind of like, what the fuck just happened there? Okay, fuck it. What's this now? Yeah, <laughs> what like, the fuck is that now? What the fuck is happening? Random scenes, not cut together well. I was like, is this the script or two directors like fighting yeah. over the control of this movie? Like then you just then you just start cracking jokes and saying, okay, who's gonna get naked? <laughs> right. And when are we gonna see some killing? It's gonna be the witch. First, you have to, even though everything is destroyed in this camp, the tapes have been secretly put away in some little pit and Kim uses her psychic powers to feel out where the tapes are and she's strong with the force (laughs) she's very strong with the force and uh, Jeff goes and retrieves them and then I just love the way that he yells in Erica's uh, face how did you know I don't know are they yours did you put them in there did you Jeff are they your yeah Erica they're my tape (laughs) This was the first laugh that we had, I think. Yeah. The three of us watching this movie today. Because this is the same scene where everybody uses everybody's names. Yeah. Newsflash, I don't put anything backed up on the hard drive. Okay? I don't put anything on the computer. This is all just original stuff. (laughs) You really focused on that Steven part where he was like, I don't like the way he delivered that at all. No, I didn't. (laughs) I had an issue with it. Yeah, that uh, the warehouse scene after this whole thing we're just like you know what this tour isn't over we're still gonna make this tour happen yeah we're gonna go out we're gonna figure this out what else were they gonna go check out yeah they were like let's go back to my factory slash warehouse slash house killing den wouldn't at least steven would stick up his ass be like i have to get back to my work (laughs) and just take off and go back and try and you know rewrite his novel or whatever there was a point where he tried to and then tristan was like no, let's stay. We're going to try and understand. And Nathan was like, come on, it makes sense. Just get out of there. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You can't leave until the mystery's been solved. That's classic mistake. It kind of felt like a, a weird, usual suspects. Like, who's the criminal? Who did all this? It wasn't us. Oh, wait, was it? I don't know. Blair Witch 2, the whodunit. <laughs> yeah, Erica, they're my tapes. <laughs> right now. But this means that we get to go back to good old Sheriff Cravens. Because at the beginning of the movie, we have flashbacks happening over a fake documentary. Now we're going to get some flash forwards that are happening in this fictitious reenactment. All the while mixing in hallucinations and dreams and supernatural phenomena. So very easy to follow is what you're saying. Yeah, we're in for we're in for a delightful little ride. Especially when we... I could see... Anyone, and not just a 17-year-old Daniel, but anyone, just like being caught off guard by this movie back in the day. Like, maybe they were half watching it or maybe they were just, you know, just throwing it on. And then afterwards thinking, I need, I I don't, did I, did I actually understand what, I I need to watch this again. What just happened? Yeah. Almost like you watch it a second time because you need to understand the time changes when they flash back, when they flash forward, how it connects to the timeline of the story. And at some point, I think, yeah, you do you do connect which ones are flash forwards and which ones are uh, flashbacks. But it happens 
later on in the movie, like three quarters into the movie, you're, you're kind of like, okay, well, that's a flashback and that's a flash forward. And that's a hallucination. Yeah. And he was in an insane asylum. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> no. I, I did realize like the flash backs of like the stabbings and stuff. I thought they were talking about the stuff from the 1800s or whatever. Oh, first. yeah. Those are there, too. Yeah. There's there's many stages of flashbacks. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, the joke's on me. That was actually dun, dun, dun. And hallucinations and delusions as well. Those also occur. Yeah. It's like with, who did with trust? With the van and right? with the bridge. Oh, wait. Don't forget Kim is also, or maybe not Kim, uh, Tristan is having like dream visions that are happening like parallel. Yeah. You know, current. And one of the things, because that happens, she gets like the first vision right after or, well, I guess during Sheriff's time here. Um, but she doesn't seem to be put off by it. She doesn't really respond at all. Oh, she's seeing the dead girl walking backwards awkwardly. That's the thing in yeah. horror movies. I was saying, like, something happens. It's like, hey, guys, I just had a really messed up moment. And they're like, no, I think I saw something. I'll just keep it to myself and move forward. Would you guys believe me if I said I saw a little girl walking backwards? Moonwalk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah moonwalking, yep, spinning around, grabbing her crotch. I just think I think, I think horror movie characters are just really good at shaking it off, you know. Right? Just They're like, troopers. Oh. Like, let's fight through this. Let's make the most of this. Yeah. That. that yeah. No. I just need to stop thinking about that. And, you know, a really thing. strong character. Yeah. I'm going to go back and talk to Steven. And then thing. we'll have a weird, uh, strange dream connection moment where I slice his chest open and and things get really fucked up and we almost fuck and then, uh, yeah. There are indications that we should be concerned about things, but come on. Just power through. It's like that, that Eddie Murphy joke. Uh, I think it was either in Raw or Delirious where he's just like, why? Like when the Haunted Mansion thing happens, oh, yeah. you know, and the, you, you hear the voice whisper. Get out. Yeah. That like some okay. some people will be like, <laughs> you know, oh, well, you know, let's let's find out what's going on here. Like right? what's the history of the house and what's that? But really, you should just be like, OK, bye. Yeah. Right? Most people probably. I'm surprised in this movie that they even bother to take her to the hospital after a miscarriage. Usually, they just be like, "Wipe up, bitch." You got to get back to scanning this video. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> get up and move on, Buttercup. Is we... that what happens when that happens? <laughs> this is, uh, as the feminine perspective on this show right now, I am appalled. <laughs> you were just upset that on a camping trip she didn't have any. You're like, that's what you get for not bringing tampons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you take care of something like this, don't you normally get naked first? <laughs> yeah. You just want everybody to get naked. She's Which like, happens. Yeah. There's like a big, like I said, I don't know uh, how much to reveal. It's limited. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're talking about a miscarriage here. Okay. Oh, right. It's <laughs> a serious event. Yeah, let's keep on topic. We're talking about miscarriages and miscarriages only. Um, while she's at the hospital recovering, everyone's sort of just like dozing off into weird, like they're all having little weird moments by themselves. Uh, we get little flash forwards to Jeff being interrogated by Sheriff Cravens. You have been a pain in this town's ass since you were 10. But you need to learn to stay out of trouble, boy. It makes you defensive, <laughs> anxious. Last thing you need is to end up back in the loony bin. It makes you defensive. <laughs> he almost sounds like a... Uh, Gary Oldman from Fifth Element. Right. It makes you defense. Look at them all running around with little jobs to do now that I've broken a little glass off the table. So busy now. So busy now. 
Where's the robot to pat you on the back? Hey, boys. But I don't know, I'm not a betting man. I am not a gambling man. But... I would bet my entire retirement pension. That <laughs> <laughs> the blood in the van is gonna match those tourists. <laughs> oh, that, guy's, that guy's amazing. Yeah. The articulation Beautiful. is clear. It's just it's like uh it's like poetry. It He's is. consistent. Yeah, he's fantastic. That what, guy, that character is awesome. And what a horrible line that they gave him to say that he like maneuvered his way through with precision. My entire retirement pension. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of a tongue twister for him, I think. <laughs> he's like the know. southern walk-in. He was. Notice? He was entertaining every time. Yeah. The only criticism I had was like, "What the fuck is a like what sounds to be like deep Texas sheriff doing in Maryland?" Yeah. <laughs> What's that all about? Oh, there's backwoods all over the country. He's like, I meant to make a left, but I ended up in Burkittsville. <laughs> what the hell? He's got a pretty mouth, ain't he? Oh, no. squealing. Goths in the woods. Better take care of this while I'm here. Yeah, and then like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, like getting back to the, I guess it's kind of a horror film cliche. Like, things are happening on their bodies throughout the movie. Like, the ruins you're talking about and stuff. Stigmata. Yeah, it's like, it's like shit just happens. It's like, you know, I should be concerned, but ah, fuck it. It's like a guy who was injured is like, I should go to a doctor, but I'm just going to deal with this until it gets to the point I can't get out of bed. Then I'll go to a doctor. Yeah, because somewhere in their blackout in this bizarre thing that happened out in the woods, they've been cursed by the witch or the ruins of the house or something. But yeah, you get you get a little bit of a rash on your body. You go, oh, okay. We better keep an eye on that. When it starts to form into a obvious rune, <laughs> is that a P? Yeah, that looks like a P, right? Don't right you, guys, what do you think? Don't you go straight to a doctor and then ask that doctor if they know a shaman? Well, that actually looks like the uh, like the Celtic symbol thorn, which is the bringer of death, Brian. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. If only they knew their Norse history. Yeah. It's been a while since I brushed up on one of my ruins, guys. I'm sorry. I thought you said he was going to be prepared, intern. Yeah. yeah. More homework, Brian. I'm not much of a Boy Scout. And how about I don't this, carry uh, condoms either. How about, how about this warehouse that the, uh, that the producer found, hey? Hey, let's just make him live in a warehouse. Then we don't have to decorate anything, pull in some props, save a bunch of money, and we can spend it on music. I, I like the warehouse, though. I was like, I want to live like that. I want to buy a warehouse for a dollar and just live in this huge, weird place. It was like a cool brownstone, kind of like one-story brown, well, two-story brownstone kind of place. It was huge, and it's kind of cool that it was just one setting with all these characters and all these crazy things happening, trying to figure out what the hell is actually going on. It's, oh. it's a big place to get lost and walk around in. You know, if you need that weird isolation, why not a weird abandoned warehouse in a weird thick woods? You know, doubling I up. I feel like they're isolated. I feel like they can get in that van and they can go wherever they want. She did. She went to the store and killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the goddamn whoa, whoa. store. That's much further ahead, no, isn't I'm it? I'm jumping no, around Jesus now. No, no, I'm getting relaxed. Yeah. I think I think the book of shadows needs to be opened, Daniel. <laughs> hey, you're not jumping that far ahead. I mean, open the, this Blair Witch Black Bible now. Ride wide open. The only thing that we're missing here is that after they get back from the hospital, Tristan's having weird dreams in her bed. Other people are having visions of fucking each other and tearing each other's chests open. She's also, dreams. She's having dreams. What, what was it? 
Yeah. Dreams of nightmares. Oof. Yeah. She was having nightmares in her dreams. <laughs> Something like that. Double where dream. She, where she double dreamed. It was it. like Inception. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. She went second level. <laughs> there is a lot of Inception going on in this movie and on many different ways. This, so does that mean that uh, so from your history here with like uh, blonde bombshells coming from from horror movies, did Inception steal its idea from Blair Witch 2? Oh, stupid suggestion. There is an argument to be made there. I smell a lawsuit. I smell an a lawsuit. argument to be made here. All of you. You shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, but there's Jeff is in, is actually he Jeff is now obsessed with watching all of this video and trying to figure out who broke his stuff. And Kim, what, what is the thing that makes that sets her off? They see something weird. Because she has to, she has to go get beer all of a sudden, right? I was about to say she's a big drinker. She was always like, "I need a drink." Every time something happens, she's like, "I need a drink." And he's like, "I need a coffee." Yeah, he's always bringing up caffeine. Yep. He's like, "I need to stay awake. I need to watch footage. You go get drunk. I gotta digitize this shit, man. You don't understand what it takes to digitize shit, do you, lady? <laughs> no. If, if, he could have said, "He could have said, I need some caffeine," and been holding a Coca Cola can the whole time, lifting it to his mouth and pulling it down, lifting it to his mouth and pulling it down. Dude, somebody should get fired. Nathan was all about the dollars. He's all about the Benjamins. He's like, there's so much saying, opportunity. Like, this is a piece of shit, right? Where's so, the Folgers? So, no, so Blair Witch. <laughs> Folgers and Pepsi. Blair Witch Project was huge. Daniel's already mentioned this. Previous movie, huge phenomenon. You're telling me Coca-Cola wouldn't have been like, yes, please. You might have missed. Maybe I don't know that you got that maybe with they, you, Daniel. Maybe they had a meeting with Jeff Berlinger, and they walked away like, holy fuck. Let's get out of here. No, he probably like scoffed at the idea of putting product placement in his masterpiece. He's like, I'm, I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm an artist, and I don't need commercialized stuff. That's, that's in my exactly. Film. You've hit the nail on the head there. That's I'm exactly surprised there wasn't Fien at the end. You know, like Fien. That's when you know you've seen a film. That's probably <laughs> what he wanted at the end. <laughs> oh God. It's also very strange that you have this. You know. This witch, there's a female witch character and there's a female goth character. Both of them are, you know, in one way or another, constantly being strong female personas or withdrawn female personas. But whenever he lurches his arm out and just disrespectfully says, coffee, coffee, one or the other goes and gets him some coffee. <laughs> they have no problem serving this gentleman that has gotten them lost in the woods or confined in the woods. Because she's going to go get booze, so she's okay with that. She's like, ah, I'm going on a beer run anyway. I can get you some coffee, I guess. Oh, that's what it is. It is. That's the scene that I'm sure I'm, I'm surprised that Andrew's forgotten. Oh, no, but there was another scene where somebody's like, I'm going to go get something. And he's like, can you get me some coffee kind of on the way? Yeah, he asks multiple times. Yeah, yeah he, at least twice. He imbibes a lot of coffee in this. But they, <laughs> they find out that it's Erica is the weird, ghostly girl naked girl spinning on the tree they slow it down they catch her face in the video and she freaks out goes downstairs starts doing her fucking chant and kim freaks out and goes i need beer and leaves to go to the corner store yeah chant. and this is uh what what brought up uh older um 100 lunatics in my brain was that chant do you have the chant oh yeah i have the chant <laughs> it's a uh, by earth and fire and water and smoke Persephone I invoke and she screams it over and over until she falls over crying she stops and cries with Kim in the hallway a little bit and they lift their shirts to each other they're Kim they're growing they're growing ben. 
El Shaitan. <laughs> That's Mihalo, Shaitan. The camp. Ben. They're El Shaitan. Oh God. Shakroth. Oh my God. Yara. Oh my God. Mihalo. I just like that she turned out to be like a stripper. I was like, there's a stripper on that twig pole thing. That's Erica. She's a yeah, woman she of was, many talents. She was rocking the twig. Mm-hmm. I think Night of the Demons 2 was pushing a Hawaiian agenda. <laughs> Hawaiian yeah, agenda. Yep. Yep. There we go. There it is. But uh, I love this little line. Of course, you can't have a, a backwoods town that doesn't just completely freak out when they see someone different. Yo, Morticia. Hey, Elvira. I got something you can suck the blood out of. Mm. That kid's got game. Uh, that first one does. Yo, yeah. Morticia. Yeah, that one, that one nailed that line. He got one line, he nailed it. Yeah, laid his <laughs> Mac down on her. I'm surprised Kim wasn't all over that. Mm-hmm. The, the weird thing about the inside of the store is that the lady, because they go to the store twice. They go there as a group, and, they, and then she goes there by herself way later in the evening. And when they're there the first time, there is that grumpy woman pushing around a cart with like a thousand cans of cat food or whatever and when she returns later by herself at nighttime that same lady is there with the same cart and And the the guy playing the movie role i want to play so bad is still on the floor looking at people's skirts i fixed it i'm done or whatever he says that's that's the one that's the role i aspire to play that you were born to play in a movie just lying on a floor for two scenes I was like, that dude's awesome. He's been there all day. Probably, there's probably nothing broken. He's just hanging out there. Just we to totally missed the fact that that lady was still there, though. Yeah. We were all focused on the guy. Good point. Daniel, yeah. Like, they just have nowhere else to hang out but here. It's the same lady pushing the same cart, same shit in it. She jams it into the back of her heel. Uh, may, might be a money thing again. <laughs> that was probably just one scene. They couldn't, af- they couldn't afford, like, a continuity guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Film them both at the same time. Fuck it. Use her again. No, nope, but Kim does. Kim does get her revenge. Well then, Peggy, could you tell the bitch at the front register to do her goddamn job? Get the hell out of here! Not until I've completed my purchase. We don't want people like you around here. Okay, you know what? I am gonna make this so easy on you, Peggy. Don't, don't touch her, though. Don't touch her. I told you to get the hell out of here. You touch me again, and I will rip out your goddamn throat. Keep your motherfucking change. Ooh, she just tosses that money right at her face. Yeah, like, like a boss. I like that line. Peggy, can you tell the bitch at the front <laughs> register to do her fucking job? That's yeah. Fun. That's awesome. Before I tear her goddamn throat out. Oh, my God. That is not a customer you want to mess around. Like, here you go. I know, and they're so bent on it, like, over the top. They're like, as soon as a girl shows up with some white makeup on, they're like, all right, let's let's rape her and kill her. Or kill her and rape her. Try to be careful, boys. Like, outsiders. We don't like them. Let's keep this the gene pool isolated here. <laughs> be super thin. Can we can we talk about the uh, the awesome the, car accident? Yeah, the incredible stunt Ooh, that took place, so the good. stunt driving that took place with the car hitting the tree, or the the wonderfully costumed ghost children in the street. 
I feel like with the car, she really, like, they really rammed into that tree. Like, with reckless abandon. That that whole scene is weird. The, like, those she boys. And what, like, five? Maybe, maybe three. Five or seven kilometers an hour? Kilometers. Oh, for miles, that would be, like, 1.5. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. yeah, like, nothing. I think that, right? I think the car rolls faster than that if you just let off the brake. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that those kids could have just walked away. Well, they missed their chance. After. They could have gotten her out of the car and, you know, gone deliverance on that yeah. on that goth bitch, apparently. But they could have made Elvira squeal like a pig. Ooh, Morticia. Yeah, There's that's a movie I want to watch. <laughs> now, when she gets back and she looks at her nail file and she sees that, it all, that it's all bloody, is this the first time that we are, as a viewer, getting to see or identify that something has happened? Something that yeah. she's not aware of and that we're not aware of that has been blacked out yeah something is weird we we well we know something is weird just from everyone having weird hallucinations and growing runes all over their body but yes when she sees because that's that's a lot of blood on that nail file to just come from her pricking her finger so you it is an opportunity for you to go wait a minute you yeah. know do you know Actually, what's no, weird? wait wait a minute Dan. let me uh let me digitize this and blow this up <laughs> take a closer look at this uh, nail file he's like it, it'll take a moment he actually delivers that line really well and made me laugh he just stands up he's like yeah i gotta digitize this shit it'll take a second occupy yourselves it's really technical i'll be right back yep here oh. i am out here i am out of frame let me just take these uh junk faxes out of the way before i send off a couple <laughs> of emails from my web store but what, what? Okay, so there's a lot of examining video that's still going on. They haven't they haven't figured out where the gap is. The video jumps from like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. or something, and they can't figure out where that gap is. But they're finding out other little tidbits along the way. And is it Jeff thinks that he's about to figure out who it is that broke his equipment, and that's when the sheriff is trying to call him on his phone? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the news. Yeah. The sheriff is like, I'm going to yeah. kill two birds, one stone. I know I'm talking to you on the phone, but guess what? I'm on TV, motherfucker. That whole thing, <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole scene from beginning to end, starting with this. Fuck off, no one's home. Uh, well, wonderful. And then the montage news report fusion that ends with the sheriff in the frame of the news report. Yeah, when he is in the frame of the news report... Yeah, large, large guffaws from Canada. Talking on the phone. Photobomb, man. That's the best. It was hilarious. A brutal murder in the Black Hills discovered today the bodies of five hikers found dead atop the landmark known as Coffin Rock. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. A grisly recreation of the infamous Coffin Rock massacre popularized by the movie The Blair Witch Project. Bodies were laid out in the shape of a pentagram. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? <laughs> he's like, what else has that guy done? Oh my God, he's he's a natural born killers and Waterworld and a handful of other things. He pops up now and again. I don't know if he's ever playing a character this uh, profound. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. By the way, my voicemail is "fuck off, nobody's home." <laughs> that's how I always answer the phone. Anyway, I don't know about you guys. Oh yeah, that's definitely my new ring. Especially when I'm looking for a job. Fuck off, no one's home. Yeah. <laughs> Employers really like that. They're like, uh. But I will have to splice immediately after that. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. Well, it looks like in uh, in the movie Signs, he played someone called Mr. Nathan. 
<laughs> first name is a last name. There's... Yeah, well, while we're watching it, we're having to play. Oh. We're actually at the point in the movie where he like photobombs. And then the owl, the crazy owl. Yeah, the owl comes flying in through the window. And it's not the first time that we've seen owl imagery in this movie either. Right? Totally such But it is the first time that people have been like, huh, an owl and a broken window. Well, okay, let's move on. on. <laughs> let's no big deal. I need to go upstairs and stare at weird demonic video and then come back downstairs and think that Kim is eating the owl. The Yeah, and getting is this the point where the dossiers come up? Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit that happens here towards the end. Uh, there's... Yeah, there's red herrings all over the place. Everyone's having visions, so everyone's paranoid. Everyone thinks it's everyone else. This is where we get the... Isn't this the nice scene, Nathan, with... Um, I don't fucking know you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> it was like a usual... It was like you said that, Andrew. It was like a whodunit. It was like a usual suspects. I can't trust you. I can't even trust myself. I don't know if I'm good or bad or nothing. Yeah, because Erica has disappeared. So then everyone starts to think that maybe she has something to do with it. Then when Jeffrey's watching the videotapes, uh, is it Kim stumbles upon all these elaborate dossiers of everyone in their group in his desk. Yep. And he has no idea what they are. Steven all of a sudden is freaking out like a little baby. Uh, and then they're running around trying to find Erica. This it gets very wishy-washy in this part of the movie for me, even after watching it a couple of times. Well, yeah, are you supposed to try to seduce us into liking it more than we do? Or just Andrew, is it? You're doing a bang-up job, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, I guess when we get when you do the whole run-through, you can try to focus on the positives as opposed to the negatives. Oh, there was positive? The, the positives is are almost any scene that Jeffrey and or the sheriff are in, which is the vast majority of them, because even when everyone else is underacting or horribly acting or just not even bothering to try, uh, Jeffrey at least is being sarcastic and taking advantage of, of everyone else's boring demeanor to just sort of bounce around and have a good time. Um... I guess there's more interjections, more. I think we get some more flash forwards here, right? Is this where we get a little bit of Kim being berated? Wipe that shit off your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some you random. You think that your makeup and black clothes give you power? That you're just a scared, cowardly little girl underneath all that power? Sheriff Cravens is going for Oscar, man. Oh, man. This is my moment. <laughs> just nailing it in this movie holy christ wipe that how, how shit off the, your uh, face <laughs> i don't know if i'm jumping ahead here or not but i just gotta talk about the hand slam yeah where where the cop after the kid says watch the video check the tapes check the, Look tapes. At the goddamn tapes <laughs> and then he slams his hands down on the table <laughs> he says yes sir yes sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's a man who responds to authority. That guy. Yeah. He's like he likes the dominant type. It was it was supposed to be like heavily sarcastic, but it was just the anticipation was, so was killing us. We yeah. were like, he slammed his hands down. And we we're like, oh oh yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You won that round, cop. No, he got him good, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, like that was it. the reason why he had to take the moment to slam his hands down. He's like, I'm trying to think of a comeback. Say. No, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I also like it when uh, 
Jeffrey just gets upset about random supernatural bullshit. Oops, that's the wrong one. A brutal murder. Nope, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Witter shins. Undo the evil. What the fuck is a Wittershin? <laughs> Kla Niaga Lee Nerdlick 8. Oh, God. Imagine being having to hang around that all day. She's a drag. <laughs> God. No, uh, I don't want to hear about your dream, honey. <laughs> I've got work to do. I'm trying to write a book. Do you mind? Immortu Laku Clack 8. Mihalo <laughs> Shaitan. I'd rather be dead than your slave. Quit talking backwards. You're not, you're not possessed. Knock it off. Yeah. Oh, the part where they like that that is the exact part where she's like has an epiphany all of a sudden. She's like, backwards. Play it backwards. <laughs> and that solves the whole thing. They play the video backwards and there's the missing footage. Yeah, it's just like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah. it's like the, that's what the devil does. Play all these records backwards. Boom, got it. The part that stuck out to me there's there's a couple of, there's a couple of things that annoyed me in this movie, and they're probably so minor in comparison to the things that you guys probably were annoyed with this movie for. Uh, one was, do you get really upset about seeing something traumatizing and drive all the way out to a corner store to buy six beers? <laughs> Don't you come back with just a load of beer? Like, if we're going to stay out here in these cursed woods, let's get fucked up. Now, I'm going to go get a six-pack? That seemed really bad to me. Also... It might have been a resource thing. She might have only had enough to get six. And maybe she's a lightweight. And she said, keep the change, motherfucker. Oh, she's got money to burn. Yeah, she should go down all the way. Like, let's get well, trashed. Peggy wasn't doing her job. She needed an incentive. <laughs> yeah, Peggy should have yeah. offered her more. But like, have you perused our whiskey aisle? Maybe she was so disgusted with the service that she didn't want to buy more than she absolutely needed. Like, you know, okay. I was going to buy some beef jerky, but fuck you guys. Yeah. Peggy. Yeah. You know what? Here. This is what I think of your impulse aisle. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one was, the other thing that annoyed me was after, because in the regular playing forward footage is Erica spinning backwards around the tree naked. And then when they play the videos in reverse, she's still spinning backwards around the tree. Continuity. Oh, so upsetting. A detail like that. Wow. I think the execution on Blair Witch 2, or the Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2, <laughs> uh, is, has been exceptional thus far. Well, what about the, what about the broken bridge scene with Steven? When Maybe he runs that's out. where fourteen million dollars went. The you go we go moment, right? And she was like, "You go." Yeah, Tristan's like, "I'm out, bitch." Yeah, she comes and sees her husband just hanging off the side of the building, and just turns around and walks back inside. That's tough love. Like, don't be a pussy. Pull yourself up. No, I was like, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping that they were going to use this sort of scare tactic, and they kind of did. But I, I, I would have pulled it off a little bit better. Is oh yeah the the so you're the professional now you're the director oh I'm gonna come in and just show this guy what's up <laughs> there's a uh, you know how the every time he opens the front door that dog barking alarm goes off you know I kept waiting for that moment when they close the door and the dogs keep barking and or <laughs> yeah exactly yeah anything like that and they kind of did that he has like a hallucination of dogs on the bridge 
actually being there, but that's not quite the effect I was hoping for. I wanted one of them to just, I wanted the door to keep getting open and closed and the audience getting very used to hearing the dogs barking when the door is open and not barking when the door is closed. And they just have that one moment where they come back inside and then stop when they realize the dogs are still barking even though the door is closed. And then somebody's like, who let the dogs out? (laughs) And then they all get hammered and start trying to fuck each other again and it all starts over. Good old orgy. <laughs> all else fails in a horror movie. Let's have an orgy. That Go could on. have saved something. Brian, you know who it is. You know who it is. What? And you know what you have to do. Better believe I do. You Wait, know. what do I do? I don't know you. <laughs> you know who Just it is. Come on. <laughs> I don't know any of you. <laughs> do you have amazing. that clip? I think that was the best part. I think what added to his lines, Jeffrey's lines, whenever he said something like that to somebody was how close he put his face to their face oh i love that Uh, it was touching yeah it was so wonderful they had a moment it was like a connection it's like love at first sight yeah it wasn't intense enough so they need to keep yelling at each other you know three feet away from each other and then closing in and spittling each other that's when you know good acting is happening depending on the level of spittle right i thought it was by the level of nose touching that too Nose touching is an advanced form of acting, Andrew. You got to, <laughs> you don't just talk about nose touching. That's mm. for for two actors to invade each other's personal space to a level where they can stand nose to nose, where their pores are sharing the same <laughs> oil. That's the, that's a phenomenal advanced technique. Very few actors reach that kind of technique. Mm-hmm. And UFC fighters and boxers. I don't fucking Brian. know you, Steven. He doesn't want to know Steven, though. That guy's a, that guy's a party. What the fuck is a Wittershin? <laughs> what the fuck is a Wittershin? Did they answer that? They did answer Yeah, they that. didn't. Did they answer it? I don't know, did I they? I don't know. It's some sort she of... Daniel, what the fuck with, is a Wittershin? answered with... Uh, I don't know. It, it uh, reverses evil or something. Right. Totally reminded me of Ash in, Ar- in Darkness. Like, I got your words. Clap to, you know... <laughs> <laughs> But there's, there's all this weird shit because even though there's that scene with the broken bridge, when they look back on the bridge later, it's intact. Sometimes it's intact and sometimes it's not. Even though Kim got like in a very, very slow, we went over how slow of a fender bender. When she was returning from the store, the car is absolutely destroyed. And you don't know what's but, real and what's not real. If this had been less of an amateur director in in this genre of film this all this stuff would have come across very well i think it would have been really creepy to never know what is actually part of the current timeline and what is not you're right like the question like what is real what isn't who's hallucinating could have been handled better instead of us just laughing being like what the hell is going on now but i feel like there's i don't i don't know i can i feel like i can see a a kernel of effort or even mild success or some sort of forward movement. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but this does, this movie, even though it's fun to laugh at it, all the horrible parts, this movie does not strike me as horrible as some other horrible movies that we've watched. There seems to be a lot more effort here as than some of the other lazier titles that we maybe have more fun with because they are so bad. Okay, Withershins, or also known as Widdershins is to move in a direction contrary to the natural one. Perfect. So, Clear like, the right up. Yeah, counterclockwise, like unlucky, hmm. backwards. So that's why she was talking in reverse. Right, and what a pretentious thing to put in there, because the audience would have to see the connection. Like, Because when she goes, 
Wittershins, Mookbach, Bickbach, or whatever. And then Kim goes, oh, right. backward. Daniel, can, you, um, can you please say that again? Ookbach, Bickbach. <laughs> eight. I thought Sorry. the word eight's in there somewhere. Ookbach, Bickbach. Is that how you say that? Yeah. And the word eight. Let's hear it again. Wittershins. Undo the evil. What the fuck is a Wittershin? Earth, Claw, Niaga, Lee, Nerdlick, Eight. Right? Nerdlick, Eight. Nerdlick, Eight. Baka, Uka, Erglick, Nerdlick, Eight. Nerdlick, Eight. Of a band. Nerdlick, Eight. Nerdlick. I'm going home to start it later. But Kim immediately jumps to the O backwards as if what Tristan said caused her to come to that realization I'm watching the movie I'm like how did she ascertain backward from Wittershin but apparently there is a connection but you would only know that if you were deep into witch lore or you use the google machine There's that's the director pretentiousness that we've been talking about yeah that was uh, that part I was like how did you put that together and then Andrew was it you who was like how come when they watch the footage they miss all this stuff the first time around but the second time around it's like oh there's all the <laughs> missing hours because they watch in reverse ah right I just missed that I've had a drink or two I can't lie I'm not gonna lie but they also in a very cliche way every single time something weird happens on the screen uh, Jeff is always like turning right at that moment you know, for hours on end, he's staring with his fingers at his temple watching this video. And the second he turns to fill his cup with coffee, one of the girls is like, what was that? Reverse that. Slow it down. Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, he's like, oh, this is where I digitized it. I don't need to watch. Well, to be fair, digitizing is when he isolates a single image that he's that he's located or found. Um, I mean, we keep giving Jeff a hard time. But he's, I don't know, I think he's a stand-up guy. Oh, he, he knows his, uh, his, his media shit. Yeah, you know that you, when you slowly digitize an image into focus, you just press back and forth on the left and right arrow keys? <laughs> he's on point, that camera guy, yeah. When he was slowly bringing her, Erica's face into focus when she's spinning around the tree, he's just looking at her in the face, and then his left hand is on the keyboard just pressing buttons, and the image on the screen is going back and forth, slowly coming into focus. <laughs> He's a pro. I have a question, and maybe somebody can answer it here. Movies that um, try to blindside you with totally unfounded shock moments usually offend me, you know, where they totally mislead you in one direction and then say, oh, guess what? None of that happened. It actually was this instead. Like Tristan acting like a fucking bitch and taunting him and acting like a psychopath. And then, you know, oh, guess what? None of that happened. Uh, she was actually saying, no, no, don't, don't kill me, blah, blah. And it was completely different. Normally, that would irritate the piss out of me when a movie did that. But for some reason, with this movie, I'm just like... It's because of all the offensive uh, editing that happens earlier that it opens you up to being like, oh, okay. Something I can follow. The, well. this, there were so many like bad little edit clips leading up to it that could mean anything. So... It's like, opening your brain up to being open to this situation. Like, I guess hey, it was. Nathan, they were kind of expect the unexpected. Yeah. This book is full of shadows. <laughs> oh, Whatever book that may be. I don't know you, Blair Witch Two. But they, the eventual realization once they do get the video going in reverse and they get to see all the missing footage, it's just them having fucked up, uh, witchcraft. 
ceremonies out in the witch's ruins, and Tristan is actually choreographing the whole thing. She's the most fucked up one of them all. I guess that's the, oh, it's her realization that we all get to come to. Yeah, was it because she was dreaming about hurting her? No, not dreaming, her dreaming about hurting her baby. Yeah, it seemed like she was a ringleader. I was like, I said that to you. I was like, she's up there while the other, t- you know, like Steven is banging Kim and Jeff is banging Erica. There, I was like, she's kind of like, I'm the puppet master here. They're trying to tell you, though, because we're watching this in the background. And the whole Tristan scene where, they're, where she ends up getting hung, um, they keep shooting to the camera. And then zooming in on the camera's red light, like, it's recording, it's recording. And you have no idea when you're watching it through the first time what they're trying to imply to you. But they're trying to say, you know, there's something wrong here or there's something afoot. And then they do all these scattered, you know, shots of the murder that took place at uh, Coffin Rock. And it's it, it does make sense what what they're trying to say the second time through. Like, I'm watching this and, and I get it. They're trying to tell you. It's like the director's trying to say, guess what? You know, this is what's actually going on. But all the time. it's impossible to discern that the first time through. Yeah, it's it's on a first viewing. This movie is uh, quite muddled. But you're right. They are trying to tell you that like what they are seeing is possibly not what the camera is seeing. And it seems like Jeffrey, Kim and Stephen have suddenly discovered that Tristan is this evil overlord or that she's possibly possessed by the Blair Witch. They definitely want her, I guess, secretly inside to be possessed by the Blair Witch. Because once they figure out she doesn't have any runes on her body, they just start going after her. And she breaks, right? She her neck? She gives up, well, she gives up the innocent <laughs> routine. She breaks her neck. I'm sorry, yes. I have to go back to that. Like, <laughs> she breaks. And Andrew's like, her neck? Yep. Uh, it's true. Accurate. On point. Thank you, intern. You're welcome. I totally overlooked. I'm sorry. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough, and that's my fault. I apologize. I was like, I, she did not get runes. So I guess that was kind of an indicator that maybe she is different from the rest of them. That's what, that's what they are all driving at. They notice that she doesn't have any runes on her body. They see that she was the one orchestrating everything in the videos, and they immediately turn on her, and she can no longer carry the innocent routine. She exposes herself as being possessed and tells them they're all going to die. She's doing a lot of laughing and a lot of uh, snorting. She's like, a lot of huffing. A lot of huffing to let you know that the demon is really in there. I'm and really annoyed. The demon is really annoyed. <laughs> she can't be trusted. No, it's she errant. She runs up the stairs. She wraps the rope around her neck, and then she, you know, calls her husband a pathetic piece of shit until he finally freaks out and pushes his wife to her death. So was the demon just trying to get the three of them arrested and charged with murder? Right. I'm gonna kill maybe one or two of you, and then uh, just ruin the rest of your guys' lives. That's what witches do. It's like. You wanted just to have a fun weekend. Guess what? You're going to jail. Mm-hmm. You wanted to check out the foundations of this house. Not happening. You're going to the. You're going to check out this six by six foot cell. I, I, what? Where? Where is the turnover? There's a. There's a point where. Does it just go do the, do the front? Well, I can let me piece this out in my head. The flash forwards eventually meet up with present time. Yeah, that happens right away. So they all kind of the police show up and take them in, and then they start doing flash forwards showing what really happened next. And your girlfriend? Killing her because she had a miscarriage. Ooh-wee. Now that's harsh. 
sounds like he's out of a like a true crime show from the radio or something. It's like uh, Matlock or Murder She Wrote. Uh huh. <laughs> That's harsh. That's harsh, Mister. <laughs> so I was like, they never really my with that line. I was kind of like, who wanted the miscarriage more than the other though? Like, did they? At what point did they imply that Stephen wanted her to have it? Maybe, and but hit the cop was like, "You're mad at her for having the miscarriage." It was kind of like, "How could he be mad at her for that?" It's weird that he knew that 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 the FBI agent knew that because they they do discuss that at the beginning when Kim is like, "Oh my God, I can feel with my third eye that you're pregnant," and uh, Tristan's like, "Oh yeah." You know, he wants to keep it, but I'm, I don't really want it. And I don't know, maybe I'm being too harsh. That's why she feels so guilty when she has the miscarriage because she thinks that she caused it, you know, with her lack of desire to have this child. Yeah. Because of her dream where she drowned the baby. Mm hmm. I don't know how the FBI agent knew that unless he's been reading the Book of Shadows. <laughs> I must have missed that part probably while we were yapping. I feel like I should watch mm-hmm. the movie about because like I some moments they I knew they were probably saying something important and I was kind of like remember that one time I asked you to rewind it and you're like nah <laughs> let's just move forward <laughs> Brian Brian you were on fire with with Mystery Science Theater three thousand gold you were spewing I apologize. it was fine I did talk a lot throughout the whole movie I figured what you said was probably more entertaining <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh another thing about the tapes Daniel that might irritate you. Maybe you know about this already. But when they're watching the tapes backwards, they see Tristan hiding the tapes under some rocks where they found them. Uh, the tape they're watching is one of the tapes that they found. But when she hid them, she was being recorded. Oh, um, I, yep. So that's a, that's a conundrum. That's a, that's a paradox. Oh, right no, I, I had my own pretentious moment over here where I had my, my chin on my fist leaning against the side of my chair, and then the video camera watching her put the tapes away. I was like, who got that footage? <laughs> <laughs> the witch has magic powers, though. Mm-hmm. But the truth, the truth is in the tapes. Look at the goddamn tapes! And that's everyone's downfall. Because <laughs> that's where we get to see what actually happened in that warehouse. It wasn't Tristan exposing herself as being possessed and then freaking out and being forced to kill her for their own safety. Instead, it was her just being stunned. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of dark, but it makes me laugh, too, because she just wakes up like, oh, I had a miscarriage and we're in this house. And I don't know what this, what's going on right now. Everything is horrible. Life sucks. And the second she comes downstairs, three people just staring at her like, what? what is this? Are you trying to fuck us? <laughs> <laughs> you're the fucking witch and having no idea and having all of this you're like your husband and you're these two people you just met all trying to kill you and then just ruthlessly pushing her off the building or on off the building off the uh, scaffolding oh. which is like where did that rope come from I, you know I don't know about your guys' place but I don't have some rope oh. just hanging around somebody could hang themselves with oh, when yeah. you have uh, like a big whatever oh. the hell that is yeah uh, it's just available he has a lot of stuff. There's a lot of shelving, a lot and of stuff. He, he probably got it on eBay for yeah. cheap. He was planning on selling it later for more. Oh. Yeah, I need to get a bigger place so I can have one of those installed. So, Well, abandoned warehouse lofts like that are riddled with hanging ropes. and Death uh, traps abound. Death traps, uh, moats, apparently, that are only crossable by bridge. Right? Oh, I really need to get one of those. There's no, there's no place. There's no place in that entire facility where where you can walk to the foundation of the building. Is it completely? Is there a ditch all the way around it? 
Is it on an island? Yeah, it would be just if, like The Simpsons. If so, then I want to live there even more. Mm-hmm. Have a moat, have a trellis that I have to lift up, and a drawbridge. Oh. Man, it's like ancient, it's like medieval times with electricity. Uh, I just like <laughs> chain smoke yeah. and drink coffee up in my loft where that's like lit by Christmas lights that half work. Sell dirt from from the Burkittsville. Yeah, dirt, as long as you have your caffeine. Just analyze internet ghost videos. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the ending, though, did you feel the ending was kind of abrupt? Like, it was kind of like, you know, you're waiting for that, aha, this is like the aha moment, right? Like, when they watch the tapes, it's just like, at the end of Usual Suspects, when, oh, maybe I should, you know, it's like when something big, there's a big reveal, it didn't really make that much of an impact. It was just kind of like, uh-huh, all right. Yeah, okay, so you all were delusional, and sat around in this house just being crazy with each other until the cops came. I don't think I've ever chuckled so dismissively at a reveal before. Just like, oh, <laughs> those silly bitches. <laughs> they, they murdered everyone. <laughs> Joke's you, on you. You brought attention to the tapes. That's what it is. He brought attention to the tapes. And it's just like, oh, he, he fucked he himself. damned himself. <laughs> oh, he fucked himself good. Watch the tapes. Holy fuck. What did we do? <laughs> oh, why did we watch the tapes? Why did you? Why? That's not real. Those are the That's wrong tapes. I meant the other on? tapes. Well, there is, there is a couple of things that are trying to be themes in this movie. They're supposed to give us clues that are kind of hard to pick up on. Uh, one of them is there's a line in this movie where someone says, uh, film is a lie, video is the truth. And so the director of this made filmed all the hallucinations and dreams in film and all the actual events that are taking place that are truthful in video and then meshed them together. If you're able to tell the difference in the way the scene is being shot, you might be able to pick it apart. But how long would it take you to get clued into that? And after multiple viewings, I can tell you it's around like seven. I bet you if like something like Christopher Nolan did something like that, it's like I filmed these sequences and film these sequences of video to cut them together to, so that you could tell they're different. People would be like, yes, Nolan, you brilliant, officer, you genius, you f- motherfucker, you did it again. But this time around, it's just kind of like, eh. Joe Bellinger, I know that's what you're shooting for, but yeah, kind of fell short there a little bit. And then the other big theme is the collective hysteria. That's the whole thing that Steve is talking about throughout the entire movie is, this is all bullshit. There's no such thing as a witch. It's just people getting together in a group, getting scared and anxious, and then convincing themselves of things that aren't actually happening. And that's exactly what happens to this group throughout the entire movie. And can we just say in... In response to Brian's attack on Christopher Nolan, it's an attack. Um, that Christopher Nolan would not <laughs> would not even take the time to read a script of didn't, this of this level. Nor would he. <laughs> didn't you know he's going to be making uh, Blair Witch Three? <laughs> nor would he degrade himself with video. He's like, I only shoot on film. Intern, like, and it's film that I've wrung through orphans' tears. <laughs> film is my medium. That's yeah. it. Not video, not so, digital. I think maybe Nolan and uh, Berlinger could stand back to back and just scoff each other into the night. <laughs> um, Daniel, when does Blair Witch Three come out? <laughs> no planned Blair, <laughs> no planned Blair Witch Three. This movie uh, was not well received. No? Uh, I, I think Surprise. it was. I think it was more shocking than anything. Also, way under the radar. A lot of people don't even know that Blair Witch has a sequel, let alone one that isn't also a found footage film. 
Does it help if uh, I wish there wasn't a sequel? No. You you know by now you have to get over that kind of pain in the horror genre world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, you can't unwish that. It just happened. They filmed it. Mm-hmm. No. And that's it. They all go to jail. And I guess we get to... He returns to the loony bin. Jeffrey's ride has come full circle. He comes out of the loony bin, sells some shit on eBay for a while, and then murders some people and right back in. Once you're crazy, always crazy. He's been such a pain in this town's ass. <laughs> My entire since, since you were ten years old, <laughs> you got a pretty mouth. Get defensive. Take I your, don't even know you. Take your pants off, boy. <laughs> Ain't got a pretty little mouth. Yeah, I thought it was kind of an abrupt ending, though. Just to sum up the ending, I was just like, oh, it's over? I When it said when it started rolling the a Joe Berlinger film, I thought that was more meta stuff, being like, this is still a movie within a movie stuff, is it? <laughs> I was like, there's got to be more to this. Stop <laughs> inceptioning me. <laughs> it, it zooms out from the credits, and it's on a television, and it's the actors watching their own performances. All right. <laughs> the cops are like, did you see? Did you see what you did? <laughs> And uh, Sheriff Cravens has, like, a British accent in real life. <laughs> Sheriff Cravens tied to a medical, like, a cold metal medical table in the background. And they're stuffing a, a, a plastic tube up his nose. <laughs> yeah. Keep pus out of his mouth. Yep. Uh, Next thing, he's selling stuff on eBay. And that's yeah, when we learn there's, there's a larger meta curse at play. Yeah. There's, Steve, and, Steve and Erica are actually fucking over... On the, on the table and like slicing each other open and bleeding all over each other. Yeah, and it's a mix of like Groundhog Day and the spirit passing through bodies from Jason 9. <laughs> <laughs> this, wow, we have just built something. We're onto something here. I've I been taking know. notes. I would like to point out, you know how sometimes in movies they'll just call the main character, like the, the, the actor and the character will have the same first name just to make it easier on everyone or if they're lazy? That's every main character in this movie. Every, not even that. Check this out. This is these are the character names and the actors that play them. So Stephen Parker, played by Stephen Barker, Tristan Ryler, played by Tristan Skyler, and Erica Gearson, played by Erica Learson. Wow, I don't wow. think I've ever seen Kim? that before. What about Kim? She's the odd one out. No, Kim director is Kim Diamond. Right. Yeah, that's more that's different. That's close. Than it's yeah, it is it is Still, close, but it's not one letter it, off close. Why didn't she direct the movie? Just because her name implies it's a calling. <laughs> Maybe she was fucking the director. Oh, hey, there we go. Okay, it's been known to happen. Penis. And I can say that even though this film is a mess. <laughs> You're still gonna go with the negative one. Can, you, was can you play your your music if you're gonna do this? Even though Book of Shadows colon Blair Witch Two, <laughs> it's a little shocking at first. It's not found footage. It's a universe within a universe, fake playing off of fake. Uh, amateur director in the feature film category coming out and stretching his wings. And trying to do something way, way overcomplicated to compensate for how popular and simple the first film was. I think we can at least give him a little bit of credit for not just making another Blair Witch mimic, 
He noticed that he couldn't achieve anything the first one had done, so he went in the total opposite direction, and it comes across as muddled. But if you rewatch this film, there is a lot of detail and little knickknacks put into place, and even though you might not like the story that they're telling, it all reaches back around to itself, and every time you watch it, there's something a character says that before seemed innocuous or even forgettable but actually has meaning and gives clue to something. So there's not just that you can rewatch this movie because there are certain bad acting parts that are hilarious, but you can rewatch this and find something new to the story each and every time. And not a whole lot of movies put that kind of effort into it. So overcomplicated mess, not quite what you want it to be. Yes, it's all of these things, but I think he was headed in the right direction, and if he had continued, I think we might have seen something better from this director. Unfortunately, I think this whole experience scared him back into making documentaries forever. So I'm going to go, to me, a personal guilty pleasure negative one. Daniel, can you play some more music? Yeah, we never got to do your summary. We kind of skipped over that. It's probably a good thing, too, because I would not have wanted to listen to you try to weave this web. I think it's good that I get to, to just do a quick little summary here. Daniel, I'm inspired by your speech that you just gave. I would like to provide you with a perfect analogy. Blair Witch 2, The Book of Shadows, or <laughs> as some might know it, uh, Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2, <laughs> is kind of eerily similar to the train wreck that was True Detective Season 2. <laughs> oh, oh no. Nick Pizzolatto tried to do too many things. It got confuddled and messed up. He didn't want to listen to anybody else. He didn't really want to work with any other writers. And they let him do it and he fucked it up. The only real difference here, Daniel, is that you say when you watch Blair Witch 2 again, there's a lot of little knickknacks and things that can be appreciated. And you can try to, you can see through the chaos and understand where he was trying to go. And had they given him more money or more resources, he may have gotten there. And True Detective Season 2 doesn't have any of those knickknacks. And it's just a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. That just bleed into you just taking an opportunity to badmouth through Detective Season 2. Yeah. Well, no, I just kind of drew a parallel in my mind just now. No, the parallel's there. It is there. The fortunate thing is that Blair Witch 2 is only 90 minutes. Yeah, that's true. But I did feel myself starting at zero on this one, and I slowly moved past it to minus one. And I don't think I could justify going back to zero. There was just a point where we all just had too much fun making fun of it and watching it and, and cracking jokes and actually watching the movie in the background while doing this podcast made me see what, what he was trying to do. He was trying to tell you things and he was trying to put things like you said, knickknacks in there. And they are there. And that's fine. Minus one. <laughs> 
All right, we're going to give Brian some time to think. Uh, Andrew, let's get yours out of the way since uh, I'm sure it has been unchanged. Wah, wah, zero. Why, why would you think that? You guys are both so convincing. And I, I do feel like this is almost a direct reflection of season two of True Detective. I agree with you. You like my parallel? But I think it's more direct. It's, more, it's a more direct parallel in that season two of True Detective is not watchable again. And having this on in the background doesn't make me want to watch this movie ever again, which makes it unnecessary. So yes, wah, wah, zero. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you, Andrew. <laughs> know you. I don't know any of you. <laughs> I don't know you, Steven. I think you do know him because he knew he was going to stick with zero. I think if there's enough fun clips that come out of a movie, it's an automatic minus one. No. Oh, he takes a wah, six. Wah, zero. You can take all the good clips out you want and enjoy it for not the movie itself, but for having fun with clips. Okay. Brian, Yeah. Uh, just keep in mind that strike three hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, then you're, this is it. I was thinking that Andrew should have gone last because mine's going to be the same lines as you guys. I was thinking what you said about well, having it play in the background and because of you, Daniel, pointing out, what the director was shooting for it's like okay i can appreciate it slightly a bit more he was going for this the execution faltered and uh then talking about how fun it was uh, watching the movie we did that mystery science theater 3000 throughout it that's probably why i missed a lot (laughs) (laughs) talking over it and making bad jokes it was like it did make it enjoyable so i'm gonna go with a negative one as well and I'll say one last thing about True Detective Season 2. If it wasn't for Colin Farrell, man, that would be even a more big steaming pile of dog shit. Mm. Amen. All right, enough of this monkey fuck. Indeed. Only one thing left to do now, Brian, that is to spin the wheel to find out what we're going to watch next time. You ready to give it a tug? I'm ready. It's like the. Is it like the spin the wheel from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? No, it's like Price is Right. Reach up and just know that anything that you grab onto is technically Wilter's penis. So go ahead. All right, Wilter's penis. Let's give it a go. There we go. Up a little bit. Well done. Well done. Nice spin. The spin doesn't matter. It was just for me. Because it's time for more holiday horror. In the spirit of Christmas, the most blasphemous of holidays, I have decided, instead of forcing you to watch one, you will get to choose from three. Your choices are Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, and Jack Frost. <laughs> Deliberate. Now that's a true horror story. <laughs> well, this is unexpected. Wow. Three. I, and- I you said I was, that was just for him. I'm like, did I just tug on his penis for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Brian. Sucker. I got suckered into that. Nice work. Fell for it every time. It's a nice tug. Get the new guy to spin the wheel. Uh, 
Yeah, this is a first, Brian. This is uh, there's always one that we have to watch. We've been going back and forth. You know, we get to do an original piece of property and then uh, go off and do a sequel of one that we've already watched. This time for Christmas, we get to choose from three movies. This I this is a it's a very gracious moment. <laughs> I think we found a winner. I don't know. It seems like these two are. On Wait, point. what's the third one? Black Christmas. Black Christmas. It sounded not like Oh, that was a big renter at the video store. And not Jack Frost. There are two Jack Frosts. Oh, we found yeah. it. He's chilling and killing. There, that's the one. Not the Michael Keaton one, which also is equally as horrifying. That's what I thought. I was like, no, that's a true horror story right yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen, what do we got here? We got Michelle Trachtenberg and Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Lacey Chabert in the same movie. So it's basically the three, like the same woman at different ages in the same movie. Do they play the same person? It no, would, they don't. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that's probably the most classic of uh, Christmas horror movies. It has the best IMDb rating. It also has Linnea Quigley, who was uh, Lipstick Nips from Night of the Demons. Oh, she does yeah. A, she does a cameo. <laughs> oh, Andrew really Lip, liked that. <laughs> lipstick Nips, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. You, you should watch that movie and you would say the same thing she's no dancer but that scene was something else <laughs> i'll keep note of it uh black christmas is sort of in the same vein it's got its own separate notoriety and then jack frost is uh, well you saw that one wow <laughs> yeah i think uh, a killer snowman um do we like so, so how does this work do we do we put in our vote and then yeah let's let's talk about it what are you guys leaning toward right now what are you feeling I'm leaning more towards Silent Night, Deadly Night, only because, well... It's because of uh, Nipple Stick, isn't it? It's because it probably has a bit more uh, relevance to holiday horror lore. It has the highest IMDb rating, and it has the shortest run time. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, perfect. I'm also leaning towards that for the exact same reasons. I am also thinking that, but... I just like this part where he's an orphanage where he's abused by the mother superior. I'm like, that sounds promising. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking from someone who's been there, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. Murderous Rampage dressed as Santa. I feel like it's going to let us down. But after oh. seeing the poster of Jack Frost and uh, just seeing who's in Black Christmas makes me think that it can't be, just in comparison, it can't be that that too bad of a letdown. Yeah, I'd say it's Deadly Night. It is. It's probably a toss-up between Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas. I haven't seen Black Christmas in forever, so I, I actually honestly can't say. No, no one's leaning towards Jack Frost. Come on, guys, chilling and killing. That was a winner. You guys were blowing your loads over that poster. <laughs> poster's great. It was like, ah. Well, it's yeah. I, I the poster's pr- funny to laugh at for a few minutes, but come on, an hour and twenty. It's the longest running time. I, I think. I think he rapes someone with his carrot dick. Okay, oh boy. wait a minute. Whoa, that, whoa, whoa, that changes whoa, whoa. things. Yeah, that changes. The everything. game has changed. Why? So which which one uh, do you think has the highest negative value? Or it could be it could be that he has consensual carrot dick sex. I can't remember. And anybody listening probably really thinks the fact that the game changer was talking about rape. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. There's rape? <laughs> All of a sudden I want to watch that movie, you sick bastard. Uh, I'd like to think it was, oh, what, there's carrot dick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Maybe we oh. should do a Rotten Tomato run here. Yeah, maybe we jump the gun. Wow. Maybe we Jack jump the Frost gun. Jack Frost is at a whopping 7%. 7 
percent. But the audience is 30. See, Jack Frost is a tricky one. It, it definitely has the most negative uh, fun factor out of the bunch, but it could be too much, you know, too ridiculous. I'm not sure what your guys' tolerance level is. I can go all the way. We haven't even hit trauma levels yet. That's what I'm waiting for, but, Daniel. But Jack what Frost is Christmas one of those. Jack Frost is a strong step in that direction. Keep that in mind. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas are more sort of in the vein of uh, Halloween and stuff. You know, low budget but a definite concept, that sort of thing. Okay, can we choose the original Black Christmas? Oh yeah, yeah it's the original of either one. Oh, so it's not the 2006 version of... No, if, if we're starting a franchise, we start at the beginning. Okay, um, that changes everything. Once again, Oh, now that changed. Black Christmas has the highest rating. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The you original Black it? Christmas. Although this Canadian production saw its widest... You- Andrew? Mm-hmm. We could bring the Canadian Christmas movie home. This is a Canadian Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With 63% tomato meter, that is pretty high. We're going to be patriotic, are we? Uh, this is a Canadian production, Daniel. I believe we are changing our vote. Okay. Are we going with Black Christmas? The just... original Black Christmas, 1974. Nice. Margot Kidder, Olivia Hussey. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's Lois Lane. Olivia Hussey was in that Romeo and Juliet movie. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Zeffirelli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old school one. So. Old school, yeah. The one we all watched in grade 10. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <our> boobs. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> okay, so no Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's interesting. I thought for sure you guys were going to go for that one. I was secretly hoping that you would go for uh, Jack Frost or Black Christmas, so I'm happy with this decision because I haven't seen the original Black Christmas in a long time, and it's from the 70s. We've been playing around in the 80s a lot. It'd be nice to go back a little bit further. Yeah, it's, no, 70s, especially with horror, I've, I've, I'm very comfortable with horror in that time frame. 70s and 80s is a good, a good fun horror time to be in. You get a good mix of terrible, terrible awfulness and amazingly great. No, what I said was 70s. You added on 80s? Because <laughs> that's where the fun starts. No, that's, that's Jason and Freddy territory. And, well, aside from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, that's all a train wreck. Or Hellraiser. God, I can't wait to get to Hellraiser. But for now, Black Christmas. Locking in that in, are we? Mm-hmm. No, I Black just Christmas 1974. Yes, please. Yeah, Ledger. That's what we'll be watching for next time. Spin 21 holiday horror. Black Christmas. So if they're gonna send an email, where do they send it? You're gonna want to head over to 100lunatics.com. Send us an email, 100lunatics at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with us on Twitter or with me directly at 100lunatics. With Nathan at I Hate Horror. With Andrew at the Intern TPP, uh, Brian, any social media presence? I refuse. I'm an analog man in a digital world. Send me a letter at. I'll give you my address later. <laughs> Write us for Brian's address. We'll give it out freely. <laughs> in the meantime, prepare for holiday horror next time around. The original Black Christmas. We're all excited about that. And uh, I can't help it. We have got to say goodbye on a little bit of this. <laughs> I am not a gambling man. But I would bet my entire retirement pension that the blood in the van 
is going to match those tourists. I'm standing in front of an abandoned broom factory in the tiny hamlet of Jericho Mills, just a few miles from the town of Burkittsville, where just hours ago, police arrested three obsessed movie fans who allegedly committed a series of ritualistic murders after watching last summer's blockbuster movie, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, I just learned that this vehicle, the vehicle you see right behind me, is owned by one of the suspects, and there is blood evidence linking the suspects to these murders. Sadly, as has happened so many times before in this country, violent art has inspired real-life violence. In this case, it's the Blair Witch Project. Yo, Morticia. Fuck off, no one's home. Well then, Peggy, could you tell the bitch at the front register to do her goddamn job? Get the hell out of here. Not until I've completed my purchase. We don't want people like you around here. Okay, you know what? I am gonna make this so easy on you, Peggy. You know who it is. What? And you know what you have to do. You have been a pain in this town's ass since you were 10. Do you need to learn to stay out of trouble, boy? It makes you defensive, anxious. Last thing you need is to end up back in the loony bin. Get out of these woods and go home! There is no goddamn Blair Witch! I was actually hoping you had a clip. I thought I was, I would, I was waiting for a clip from the sheriff because I was like, that guy said some awesome things with that accent of his. Woo! Oh yeah! Oh no! We're we're about hey, new guy. Just took a shot at your host uh, oh. capabilities. <laughs> is that what I did? I, yeah, unintentional. Jesus. That is strike two, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> you only get three. <laughs> That's how most of my dates go. Yep. Just walk in, and whichever orifice is there, whether it be male or female, make a baby. <laughs> I couldn't remember the seven deadly sin lust. That's what stopped That's me. That's my there. favorite one, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like you know the sex gluttony <laughs> one. Yeah, when he's, when he's arguing over what the video shows later on, that's when we started doing our impression of, uh, of the lust killing from Seven. Oh, I could see him reacting that way, too, coming downstairs from a bloodied Tristan. <laughs> and I did it. I fucked her. <laughs> Why don't you have this clip? And if you do laugh a lot or you have an uproarious laugh like I think you do Guffaw. try to be conscious of that and maybe like Lean pull back. back or laugh to the right or laugh yeah. here because if you laugh right into it it'll spike <laughs> sure that not inevitably happen it's not the end of the world if it happens it's just something to be conscious of no it's a good tip and I know I hate my laugh because it's too much yeah, no, people I are like are you really laughing or is that fake and I'm like no that's real no it sounds jolly <laughs> yes. no pressure or anything but we will dead stop the show and point it out if it happens <laughs> like, this shit is over <laughs> get him out of there <laughs>